Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Michelle, who is living abroad in Russia. Now, Michelle takes us through what it was like to work in the tourism industry in Jamaica, where she's from, how and why she ended up in Russia with her family, why she considers Russia the safest place she's ever been to or lived in, and finally, why she thinks you should take Russia off your don't go to list. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. So let's get right to it, Michelle. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. So my name is Michelle. Uh, I was born in Jamaica. Uh, I was raised in Jamaica. I actually attended university there. I went to... um, the University of the West Indies and uh, the University of Technology. And I did a joint program in uh, hospitality and tourism management. So that is my background. Mm -hmm. And I majored in hotel and resort management. I have um, all my family there. And then uh, while working in Jamaica, my first job at the Ritz-Carlton Rose Hall in Jamaica, which is now the Hyatt, I met my husband and (laughs) the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to get a little bit into that history. (laughs) So you you, you you grew up in what part of Jamaica? Kingston, Jamaica. Kingston, all right. So Mm -hmm. I interviewed one person on my podcast actually from Jamaica and she is living in New Zealand. Um, oh, yeah. Really? So it's it's cool to have someone from Jamaica living elsewhere. And the reason I, I think that it's cool because usually most of my guests they're you know they're either from the states, or from the UK, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So I think it's important also to see others not just from the United States that are also living elsewhere around the world. So I think that's pretty cool, and I'm glad that you had the time uh, to talk about Russia. Uh, but before we even get into Russia, so what made you get into tourism? Well, I think I always had uh, the passion and love for people, you know, and I was always, you know, looking to meet new people, looking at doing new things. And uh, I knew that I wanted to work with people and in the hospitality industry. Mm. And uh, I think that's just what led me to hospitality. Awesome. Awesome. And what is it like? Because obviously, you know, people go to resorts, to hotels all the time. But now we get a little insight off from the other side. What is it like for someone? <laughs> what is it like to work in a, you know, in a big hotel that people go, you know, internationally to? Not just, you know, a hotel in your local city, but uh, international, right, where you get a lot of tourists. What is that like? Well, Honestly, no, no, you're going to get me into trouble. <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll tell you how it is. Um, you have the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm, you know, you okay. have, it's, a, it's awesome that people actually want to come to your country to know more about it and to experience it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the flip side, you have the, the not-so-nice guests, mm-hmm, <laughs> which you also have to contend with. But... It, it, it was definitely a wonderful experience. You know, I'm happy that I had the opportunity to, to work so long for such an amazing company, but it definitely had its ups and downs. Yeah. And the, I mean, the only experience that I have, like in the hospitality industry, I used to be a waiter. 
uh, many, many years ago. And I always mm-hmm. felt like I had to, obviously it's a service industry, right? But, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I always felt that that was, you know, you, it was like my being was that I am a waiter and I felt less than a person at times in that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, what job particularly did you have where you worked at the hotel? Okay, so yeah. let me throw it back at you first. Right. <laughs> so right now, <laughs> just to prove a small point. So what are you currently doing now? I'm a teacher now. Okay. So honestly, I don't think hospitality was your calling. Okay. You know, because when, you, <laughs> when you're into hospitality, you know, you you get this this whole... It's, it, it's 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 a love it's a passion to serve people mm-hmm. you know and it's it's you you're you're proud you're so proud to do it you know that you can actually make this person's day or any small gesture mm. to actually let them you know have a a good memory of their time wherever it is that they have visited you know and as i said you do have the the downside sometimes of you know you might feel like people are not necessarily respecting you in your profession, but Mm. at the end of the day, you are proud, you know, and you completely enjoy and love what you're doing in that moment. So, so I started at the, the front desk. I was a front desk agent. And then after I went into uh, being the guest experience manager. So (laughs) basically I was in charge of all the 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 complaints that came wow. into the hotel. Fantastic. All, all the <laughs> exactly, you know, all and also the praises that came mm. in. And uh, when the evening duty manager was not on duty, I was the person that was on call. So you know, that's it. <laughs> so this is also why I said you have the good, the bad, and the ugly because you'll have people who come in and they're just like. Wow, you know, I've had an amazing stay. Everything has been fantastic. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And then you have the other side of it where, you know, the guests will just completely blow up on you. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I came in today and my bed wasn't made or, you know. And the thing with the company that I worked for also, a lot of guests knew that we were heavily into compensation Mm. and it wasn't in compensation the fact that you're not doing something right but we always we had a motto that the guest is always right and we would do whatever to fix that issue right and unfortunately some people used that to to their advantage of course you know so people would just sometimes make stuff up just to to get some sort of compensation and they went hard at you Mm. (laughs) you know to get what they wanted so you know, that was the negative side of it sometimes. But I mean, at the end of the day, if I was able to make somebody happy or laugh or they went home and they, they sent a letter to us stating, you know, Michelle, this has been like the best vacation ever. I mean, that completely made my day. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I think you summed it up well, obviously, with any job that you have, but especially in the hospitality industry, right? And where you have to be of service to people. This is gonna, You're going to get the good, like you said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I guess where I was yeah. coming from my own experience is, and now that I'm, you know, I'm a teacher now, and mm-hmm. I'm, and the school that I work for is a for-profit school, um, and mm-hmm. the parents make 
lots of money. So in my in my field, I feel like, especially at the school that I'm at now, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. I'm of service or at service of the parents, right? Because they're paying for yeah. a service uh, for their child to receive a certain education. And if they don't feel that that's, you know, up to par, they can raise those concerns. So, like, it, also with parents, you can deal with the good, the bad, <laughs> and the yeah, ugly. So, even though I yeah, left the industry, yeah, even though I left the <laughs> industry, right, the, the, you know, service industry, I'm in a different type mm-hmm. of service. Um, but, I, but yeah. like you said, like, I, I agree. Uh, being a waiter yeah. definitely wasn't. And, and that's why also, though, I, I want to hear your insight on this. Because I was a waiter, though. I have mm-hmm. such respect for those people, for individuals that choose that as a profession, right? Whether you said, whether you're a manager or what, work at a hotel, because that job mm-hmm. is extremely difficult. You have to please people. I mean, come yeah. on. We're yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> we're the most, yeah. you know, we complain about everything. Cause you're <laughs> so, it, it, and I think it's, you, you know, you have to have so much patience. And I feel that I can only have patience with children, but not adults. So that's probably why, <laughs> okay. that's probably okay. why, that's probably why I left the, uh, <laughs> and I think for me it's the other way around because uh. there's no way I could be a teacher. I mean, my two kids, I think right now, honestly, my two kids feel like four, and I'm about like <laughs> I can't wait for school to open, you know. So that is definitely not my line of work. So right, right, right. hats off to you, you know. <laughs> and hats off to you, Michelle. <laughs> I'm glad we could appreciate our professions. All right, let's move. Let's move on yeah. a little bit. So, how did you meet your husband? Now you're getting me into trouble again. (laughs) But no, anyways, no, we actually worked together um, briefly. And uh, once we knew that it was really getting serious, then uh, he actually had to leave because then it it, it would have been a conflict of interest. Mm, So, yeah, he moved to California. And then, you know, we decided that this is something that we really wanted. And... Then we we moved on, and then we got married. Okay. And how did it happen? I'm assuming this is the same husband you have in Russia, correct? Yes, Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to connect the dots here. <laughs> connect them right, please. <laughs> so, at, at what, <laughs> so at what point did uh, did you guys decide that, Ru- that Russia was on the table? How did that happen? <laughs> so... My husband, he has actually been um, with the the hotel industry for a very long time, and he has opened many hotels around the world. He has actually, you know, seen a lot. He's lived in Sharm el Sheikh, Egypt. He's lived in the U.S. He was in Barcelona, you know. So he was all over. So he has traveled. Right. And I knew once we were going to to be together that this is how my life would be where we would be moving from country to country because um based on his job mm-hmm. you know which i was actually also completely okay with because as i said you know i i loved to travel i love people i love you know meeting new people going to learn about different cultures going to different places so i think for sure it was a match made in heaven you know and he also knew that he needed a partner eventually that would understand this type of career choice where mm. they would be moving, you know, from place to place every couple of years. Right, right. So so you guys met in Jamaica, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. then he moved to California. And, yeah, and, and I moved to California. And you moved to California with him. And then yeah. when did he say, uh, we got to go to Russia? 
before that, uh, we actually moved to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, very nice. <laughs> and then we were there for about five years. Uh, that was where my kids were born. And that was actually also where I became um, naturalized as a U.S. citizen oh, in wow. the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh, wow. So we were there for about five and a half years. And then after that, the opportunity for Russia came up. And, uh, you know, it's funny because as a, a traveling family, you know, we have a list of places that we would like to go and that we would never go. And the good <laughs> thing is with my husband's <laughs> with my husband's job, he actually has the opportunity to choose where he wants to go. So it's oh, not wow. like they're placing him. So we can say, right. oh, you know, this is opening up. It would be nice if we could live here or this is opening up. So very, a little bit unconventional, they reached out to him, his corporate office, and said, hey, you know, we have a position opening up in Russia and we think you would be a good fit. And immediately we were like, uh, hell no, <laughs> we're not going to Russia, right. you know, because this was on our hell no, we will never go list. Right, right. So he said, uh, no, I, I'm not sure if you are aware, but you know, my wife is black, right? <laughs> so they kind of left it at that. And uh, at the time he was interviewing for Abu Dhabi, you mm. know, because we were interested in going to Abu Dhabi. Anyways, that didn't really uh, come together. And... Uh, they reapproached him again, which is also not the typical norm based in his job situation for mm -hmm. them to actually reach out to him and think that he's a good candidate, you know, good right. enough candidate for this position. And they reached out to him again. And, you know, he came back to me and he said, you know, Michelle, this is this is pretty big because, you know, they they really think, you know, that that I'm more than capable to to take this position on. And, you know, it, let's look into it. So. He spoke to them and said, okay, you know, these are our concerns, you know, that my wife is, is black and, you know, we're a um, mixed race family and these are our concerns based on being in Russia because you know what you see on the news about Russia and, you know, all these different things. Right. And they were actually kind enough to say, you know what, why don't you take your wife on the interview? You guys can see the place you know, check it out. And then based on that, you can then let us know what you think. And by the way, what is your so, husband's background? Uh, he's also in hospitality. No, sorry. I mean, I, I, I mean, his ethnic background. Uh, he's German. Okay. Okay. <laughs> My husband, yeah, he's German. So, um, yeah, so we actually got to, to Moscow and he had a friend here who was also in the hospitality industry and, you know, they welcomed us, they showed us around, and the first visit, we were only here for about five days. So we looked at everything. We looked at schools, we looked at housing, but just to get a general feel of, of you know, the, the country itself. And I must say, I was blown away because it was not what I perceived it to be or, you know, what I, what I expected it to be because there's always all this, I guess, like you could call it propaganda, you mm -hmm. know, on what you see, what... Um, Russia is like, and you know, you always see the, the smoky chimneys over the red square and it's always gray and, you right. know, and, and the thing is also, I started before, um, going for that trip, I started Googling, you know, black people in Russia mm -hmm. and the things that came up. I mean, I was like, oh my God, Michelle, what are you getting yourself into? You know, it was just... But I know, but that, well, what, what were the stories? Though, give us some insight. What what did you see? That's 
Well, you have a you actually have a, a university here, and they have a lot of um, um, Africans and people from the Caribbean who go to this university. I think there is some type of relationship between the government and these other countries, mm. and the the university is subsidized, so they can actually go for an affordable cost or close to nothing. Wow. You know, in, like an exchange program. And a lot of these students actually complained about being harassed in the metros, being spat upon, wow. you know, um, being just bullied or harassed for no reason for their skin color. Or So, you know, I, I read a lot of these stories and I was like, mm, do I actually want to be in an environment like this, especially with my children, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to put them in this type of situation where people are going to look at us differently or, you know, bully them because of the color of their skin, you know? So it, it's, it, I'm happy that we had the opportunity because, you know, a lot of people, sometimes maybe you've spoken to a few of your other guests, they're normally in situations where they go, they don't have the opportunity to choose, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't really see what everything is like until they get there. We actually had the opportunity to go to check things out. And while there, I said to myself, Michelle, this you can do this. Like, this is actually not even close to what you've read or what you've heard about Moscow, you mm-hmm. know? And <laughs> it's funny because... I remember when we we left California and we told our friends, you know, we'll be moving to the Virgin Islands and everybody was like, oh my gosh, you know, you're so lucky and the Virgin (laughs) Islands is so beautiful. And I remember when we were telling our friends in the Virgin Islands that we're moving to Russia, they looked at me like, say what? Say, Michelle, are you sure? Uh, You know, nobody was happy. They were all You're not so lucky. Yeah, they're like, why the hell would you do this? Like, no one was convinced about this move. You know, right, even right. when I told my mom, she was almost in tears. I could imagine. You sure about this? You know, <laughs> yeah, typical Jamaican mommy, you know, she's like, you sure about this? It's not so safe. But Angel, I have to tell you this. Out of all the places I've lived, I've never felt the safest here than in Moscow. Wow. Wow. Never. And I have traveled. And I tell you, this is one of the cleanest and safest cities that I've ever been and I've ever lived in. Right. I, I hope Vladimir Putin is not telling you to say this, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? He's probably listening. Yeah, he's probably but listening anyway, to this right now. Hello, Vladimir. <laughs> hey, Vladimir. What's up? <laughs> I mean, but that's the see. But I think this is so important to like put this out here, right? Because again, those exp- those experiences that you read about, those are extremely valid, right? Because those 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 students' experiences at this university, but just as valid is your experience, right? About what yeah. you're going through in Moscow and how you view it as the safest city that you've ever been to, right? Lived in. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's quite high praise. So I guess let's get right to that. Why do you feel, as a black woman, right, in a predominantly white country, why do you feel this this sense of safetyness there? So. I've not, you know, once I got here, I made it my point of duty that, you know, I have the opportunity to live here in Russia. I don't only want to know Moscow. I want to know Russia. Mm. So since I've been here, which has been now almost five years, a little over five years, I have traveled to, to different like areas in the Caucasus, to Chechnya, (laughs) 
where people would be saying, what, Michelle, are you crazy? Like, even my Russian friends, when I told them about this trip through the Caucasus, they were like, are you crazy? And what are the Why Caucasus? The what, what's that? I don't know where that is. So this is, okay, so this is another area of Russia, but it's definitely more, it's nothing, so, 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 so Moscow is, people say Moscow is not Russia. <laughs> really? Moscow is, no, no, because... It's just a different lifestyle. It's a different way of living here. Mm. You know, you can travel three hours outside of Moscow, and it's almost like you are back into the Stone Age. <laughs> Jesus. Okay? So people taking water out of the well. There are no toilets. Wow. I mean, like, really, really Stone Age. But at the same time, also these areas are absolutely beautiful in Russia. Mm. You know, and... I told, so this trip was actually from the, it was from the Caspian Sea to the Black Sea. And we started in Mahachkala, um, Durbans, which they call like the ancient city. But this actually really opened my eyes to see not only a different perspective of Russia, but also how people lived and how warm they were. And... Uh, I saw it in Moscow, but I saw it more being outside of Moscow that it's not the color of my skin, which makes people like stare at me. Mm. It's curiosity. Mm. Yes, it is the color of my skin, but it's more, it's more linked to curiosity than it's not hate. Right. Yeah, because I'm there and they wanted to take pictures of me. They wanted to touch my skin. And, you know, I saw this as a learning experience for me and for them because they probably this is the first black girl they're probably seeing. Right, in you're, their like, you're like an alien to them, you know? basically, right? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, I the way I saw it, I could not be like, "Don't touch me" or "Don't take pictures of me." But it was also it's a learning experience for them because, oh my God, we've never seen you before. How is it that your skin, you know, it's different, but it feels the same way? Or, you know, so <laughs> right. honestly. I have gotten used to the staring, people staring at me. Mm. And it comes down to, it's not anything bad. It's just that they're curious. Right. And I think a lot of the times when people, when people start with racism and you have racism in your mind, sometimes it tends to boil into that. I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. So when I just got to... Moscow for the first time during when we moved here during passport control the guy stopped me and he took my passport and he looked at the passport he knocked on the friend next door he slipped my passport under the friend took the passport and this is an American passport the my Jamaican passport oh Jamaican passport okay, they got took it. yeah so they took the the um, magnifying glass they looked in <sighs> it he said something in Russian but he was so in in my mind you know it it could have been mean you know right and I was there literally my family went through and I was literally standing there for another like twenty minutes while they wow. completely photocopied every single page of my passport. If I came to Moscow with the mindset that, oh, my God, all these people are racist, at that moment in time, that would have turned, that would have confirmed everything. Right. If I was coming thinking that they're all racist. But that was not the case. I came with an open mind and it was curiosity. I saw it as curiosity. They've probably never seen a Jamaican passport before, you know? <laughs> like, so this must I be fake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
you know so they're coming like what the hell is this like we've never seen this before like dude look at this passport you know so I could have come with the mindset that oh my god I don't want to live here everybody's racist and in that moment in time my first encounter I could have said you know this is what it is but I came with an open mind and I said you know what it's fine because they've never seen a passport like this before they're just doing their job yeah that's what it is it's so interesting you know and I think so yeah, no, finish your point, finish your point. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes when you when you know you're going into a new experience, especially a new country where your race is not so popular or, you know, you don't have a lot of people looking like you, that your mindset also has to be, it has to be different. You have to be open, you know, because you're going into their country. <laughs> right. You know, you're coming into their country. You need to understand the type of people they are and, and you know, what it is about them, how they tick. Right. That. You know, and not come with a closed mind like, you know, oh, my gosh, this is just this is what I've read. And this is exactly what's happening. Right. So I knew from the get go, this is how I had to approach being here. That's I mean, you made such great points. I think they're really um important i i i think because i've i've spoken to other people i've lived like in asia right parts of asia like china whatever japan mm-hmm. and they mentioned this the staring and mm-hmm. i could i can only imagine what it's like for someone just to literally stare at you because of yeah, just the no. way you look right it's like that yeah. but especially if you come like from you know from the united states where the moment you do that there's a problem <laughs> you can't yes. just you, oh, or, yeah. uh, you can't just stare at anywhere right you can't just stare at people that in the you know this yeah. western world that's not so something you do, <laughs> you're yeah. asking for trouble. But it's it's, yeah. it's so important that you make that note because you got to meet people where they are, right? It's so exactly. it's so easy to feel this sense of, for lack of a better term, entitlement. You know, okay, yes, I'm this way. I expect to be treated this and that and the third. But if people, like you said, if people from this side of the world have never seen people like you or encounter anyone that looks like you, what exactly do you expect from them? Right. Yes, so I, I think exactly. like it's and that's why I think it's not it's a it's an ignorance and it's not an ignorance out of, mm-hmm. you know, pure will. It's like we don't I mean, obviously, you know more than me, but who knows what they see in Russia as far as Russian television is concerned or whatever exactly. the case may be. So <laughs> right. if they're not used to seeing people like that in their media, let alone mm-hmm. in person, it's going to be it's going to be quite a shock <laughs> to the system. Yeah, so the first the first thought process, oh, my God, get the camera out. Look at her. You know? and, they're, and they're not even asking. You know, I mean, right, some right. of them would ask. Some of them actually ask and say, oh, this is, you know, I mean, I don't speak Russian. I understand a little. Unfortunately, mm. I don't speak the language. Don't give me a hard time for it. It's a difficult language. But, you know, they will they would signal and say, you know, photo, photo. And then I said, you know, OK, you have some who are just kind of rude. Yeah. You know, and they will actually come into my face and take a picture. Wow. And That's... then sometimes you just have kids who, you know, and, and especially for kids, I think I have a soft spot because, you know, they're young and they've probably also never in their entire young life mm-hmm. seen someone like me. You know, so when they stare, I, I tend to just say hi or, you know, and they get shy and you could see them like whispering something to the mom or dad or, right, right. you know, the caregiver probably asking, what is this girl? You know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and I do hope that they they explain to them nicely that <clears throat> she's also a human being, maybe just a different skin color. You right, know, you right. never know. But since I've been here, I must say I, I've never, never and people might find it hard to believe, but I've never experienced racism. 
Mm. You know, and that's always the first question that comes about, like living in, in Russia, like you must like get treated badly. And but again, I have to say too, I live in a little bit of a bubble, mm-hmm. you know, so I do have a lot of, you know, expat friends. I do live in an expat community, mm-hmm. you know, but I do have Russian friends also, which I go out with. But I've always been treated with respect, you know, I've always been treated nicely. And I find that. Russians are, they seem like cold people, you know, and, mm. and there is actually a book called Why Russians Don't Smile. And it's true. <laughs> you will walk on the road and everyone always has this, this grim face. Nobody smiles at you. Sounds like you New York. An elevator. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get into an elevator, you know, nobody says hello. You know, and I, I remember the first time my mom visited me, she was completely shocked because she's just this happy person. She's like, hello. Right, and right. they're probably looking at her. Is this woman crazy? Why is she happy? You know, but this is just, I think maybe it was from uh, before the the collapse of the Soviet Union. I don't know. You know, I think that's what it is. But once you get to know them, they are the warmest and most sincere people. Mm. I mean, I have met friends here, Russian friends that I know I will have for life. Wow. You know, so it's, you just need to give them a chance and be open. Yeah, I, you, know. I, you make a very, another, again, just great points all around, but you mentioned this bubble, right? The expat bubble. And I think many people that I've interviewed, and including myself, we it's, it's you have to make a concerted effort to really leave that bubble in, you know, in points, right? In, you, in your venture when you're living abroad. Because if you are only in, if you only, in, your only encounters are with expats, right? Um, mm-hmm. And even with, you know, Russians that are part of the same bubble, whether it's, a, you know, same socioeconomic standing or whatever the case may be, your view mm-hmm. might be a little bit skewed, right? As far as like exactly. the, the real, right, of a country, the real, why yes. the coast of the real Costa Rica, the real Russia. So I think it's important yeah. like you're doing, right? And like you said, to venture out outside of the bubble and to try, right, whatever in whatever ways you can, wherever you're living abroad, to communicate in some way yeah. and have these, again, I mean, your experiences are pretty on the other end of the spectrum, but <laughs> try to have some ex- <laughs> experiences with people because it, it, it does, like you said, like that little boy and that little girl that saw you, right, and their parents, you would only hope that they're not yeah. saying, look at this exotic person and, you know, they're like so exotic and foreign and all these other things. No, like you said, yeah. there's another person. They just happen to look a little different than we do. And then hopefully... Yeah given your story, people listening to this right now and that will listen to it in the future will, you know, want to just travel to Russia now. You know, not just like, oh, I yeah. want to live there, but oh, I, so that means I can possibly travel there and it might be okay. At least as the thought comes into the mind versus like you said beforehand, there's like your no way I'm going there kind of list. Maybe people could take mm-hmm. that and put it in the maybe list now. So, so I yeah. think your story no, is so important. Yeah. You're exactly right because once we moved here, you know, we told our all our friends and, you know, I'm on Instagram and I would post pictures and, and they're looking at my pictures and like, are you still in Moscow? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still in Moscow. And they're like, but I thought you had sanctions and you couldn't eat this and you can't get steak. And I'm like, listen, you can get everything here. As like, Moscow is one of the most amazing cities I've ever visited. The culture is amazing. The food is amazing. The history is so rich, you know? And I think it's my Instagram that actually convinced them because the year mm-hmm. after we moved, we had 24 visitors. Wow. 24 visitors over the summer. And they all came and they were completely blown away. Russia was never on their, their bucket list to visit. 
But once we were here and we told them how wonderful it was, they came and they were all speechless. And they said, Michelle, we would have never known right. that this city had so much life, so much cuisine. I mean, you know, they were completely stoked. Yeah. And I think another opportunity that, that Russia had was the World Cup. Mm, because right, the World right. Cup also opened up their their the doors to foreigners to come in to see Russia and Moscow for what it really is. You know, so I think that also helped. Right, right. But I mean, Moscow is... Listen, you have to go to really know. That's actually a Jamaican motto. Once you go, you know. <laughs> but it's true. You're the living it. Stands. You're living proof of that, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, the same stands for here. You know, once you go, you know. You you will you will see it. I love you know? that. And once don't mind you go, people, you know. Don't mind people looking grumpy. It's okay. They all look grumpy. But <laughs> right. once you get to know them, they will love you for life. Hell, you're convincing me to go to Russia. I didn't even. I never even considered Russia. You're convincing me. You're doing a great job, Michelle. <laughs> Clearly, you were in the right industry for tourism, marketing, and PR, and all this. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about, let's go more into the nitty gritty of Russia. So you mentioned Moscow. Does it feel like a metropolitan city? Is that the feel of it? Cosmopolitan, oh, metropolitan. Yes, for sure. Listen, I have, I do, you know, I have the opportunity, and I'm which I'm actually grateful for that I'm also able to travel a lot. You know, my husband is European, so whenever we and, and we love to travel. We love people. Well, I love people more than he does. <laughs> but, you know, I, we love just discovering new places. And we always say that Moscow is definitely the one-stop shop where you get everything. You know, you can go. There are so many restaurants. I mean, every... So we have a thing where we have a date night once a week. And since I've, I've been here almost five, a little over five years... It is possible for us to visit a brand new restaurant every week. Wow. And different types of cuisines, like for international cuisines. Different, yes. Wow. Yes. Every week. That's how many restaurants they have here. And if you get tired of the restaurants, you can go to the Bolshoi Theater. You have the ballet. You know, you have the opera. They're so, I mean, and they're right. also very kid-friendly too. So there are tons of stuff for the kids to do here. I mean, it, it's... Whatever you want, you can find it here. <laughs> that sounds absolutely that should be amazing. Moscow's model now. That should be whatever the, their model is, should be that one. That should <laughs> be the slogan. You want, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so now let's talk about other things, right? Not negative things, but things again. You mentioned propaganda or the, the news we hear on this side of the world, right? On the western side of the mm-hmm. world. So, mm-hmm. what is it like living under the rule of, <laughs> of Vladimir Putin? What is that like? Is he prominent? Everything is like pictures of him in like this the square like what is that no. like <laughs> no 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 that's actually not it's nothing even close to that okay so you have people here who love him and you have people here who don't really love him you know mm. but <laughs> i think at the end of the day based on how far the country has come and the development i think most people are happy mm. interesting and Right. I mean, we can go more into detail about that. I remember that. That's enough for that. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> let's not go there. Please. Yeah, let's not go there. Okay, but this but this question I do have to ask. This question. Because, I mean, I, I'm not going to have... I, I only do one episode on each country. So, I got to get everything out of you, Michelle. Okay, nah. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, so the communism, right? How, so, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, from the U.S. is like super 
capitalistic, apparently, right? All these things. And then Russia is this mm-hmm. communist, right? It's the Soviet Union, the Red Scare, all that stuff, right? So mm-hmm. what? Wh- how prominent is the feel of communism or sh- socialism in Russia? You don't, no, you don't, you don't feel it. You don't see it, you know? And mm. as I said, yes, I'm an expat here, but I do have a lot of Russian friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> when I got here, I will come back to that, but just to, you know, bring my point around. When I got here, moving so many times, I knew the key things that I had to do to get myself going and meeting people. So the first thing I did was to join, like, different women's clubs. So I joined the International Women's Club, and then I took on a PR position there. And then I found out about the American Women's Club. I joined that. I started Mm. doing charity for them. And then... uh, I eventually became the president and I am currently now the president of the American Women's Club of Moscow, you know, but people, it's funny because Americans who come here, you know, they would send us emails and they said, okay, you know, so tell me, how bad is it here? Can I do this? (laughs) Do we have freedom of speech? You know, and I'm like, guys, like what you see in the media, this, this is, this is not so, you know, like in today's world, it could have been different many years ago, and I don't doubt that. But in today's world, it's pretty normal. You you can do what you believe is right within your limits. Mm-hmm. You know, but there is nobody, I don't believe, shutting you down because, okay, for instance, if this was the case, they could have come to my organization and say, hey, you can't have this organization here because of whatever, whatever, Right. you know, but you have so many other, you have the, you know, Latino club, you have the American There's club. There's a Latino French club, club. in mean, Russia? Yeah, hell yeah. That oh, they call wow. Latinas. I got, I got to get in contact with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, so it's, you have so many nationalities here and we all feel welcome here and living here. Now, Back into politics, yes, I know sometimes, you know, the the platform between the U.S. and Russia might not be so good at times. And mm-hmm. yes, there is sometimes a tit for tat between the countries where, you know, people are involved. But I think that's as far as it goes. And I think when relationships between countries are not that great, you will tend to find, you know, issues like that. But right, right. You know, I do feel like we have the freedom to do what we would like to do. That is correct within our limits, you know. But, um, yes, I, I don't feel tied down or not able to, to do things that I would like to do. Right. There is actually a lady um, in our club, and she is um, working for the Wall Street Journal. She's a chief editor, and... Um, she is from, uh, she was with Times before, and she was actually here during, before the collapse of the Soviet Union. So she came wow. as a student, and at the time she was the, she was working with um, Times. And uh, she actually has a different perspective of what Russia was then. But even at that time, you know, when things were rationed and, you know, you would go to the supermarket and there was just one product. Right. You know, like only one type of flower or you would have to join the line to get certain goods mm-hmm. or things like that. She said even then, you know, 
what people described Russia to be, it still wasn't that bad. Right. Somehow the media always makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. I have many times my mom would call, oh my God, did you? Did, is this really happening? And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and I said, no, this is... And she said, are you sure? Because I just saw it on the news. And I'm like, mom, no, this is not happening. You know? So, <laughs> you know, sometimes right. you just have to be a bit mindful of what you really read and what you see. Mm. You know, so and now, now uh, yeah. let's let's uh, we don't have much time, but I'm gonna try to. Well, your, your kids are how old? Six, right. Eight and nine. And eight and, and nine. And so, and you've been living yeah. there five years. You said right. Yep. So, how yeah. would you describe? I could only imagine, right? You have a mix. You know, half Jamaican, half German children, and they're growing American. Up, and and they're Amer- American. Sorry, yeah, they're, they're born in the states, right? Mm-hmm. Heritage being mm-hmm. German and, and Jamaican, and mm-hmm. you know, what well, some might consider a third culture child. Um, and mm-hmm. then they 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 are living and growing up growing up literally in the formative years in Russia. In, what have yeah. you what have you seen in their development just as kids growing up? How do you describe that? You know, I I am really happy that my kids have the opportunity to be. I, I call them citizens of the world. Mm. You know, children of the world because they are from well you could say three different nationalities you know they have three different nationalities but they still have the opportunity to grow up in a different culture and learn about another type of nationality they go to the american school so they also are surrounded by you know different nationalities and people and way of thinking and and how things are done they were learning russian um in a a language course now they're doing spanish i see that they are they're definitely more open-minded you know and uh, i like that they're they're also challenged in the way that they think and how they deal with people and they they understand people and they don't see they don't see color you know they see they see friends and people because they have so many friends of so many different nationalities that they can tell me they come home and say oh mommy you know like his uh, korean friend you know this and this and this is what they do in korea you know or his indian friend and oh this is what they do in india you know and i'm like wow how did he's like yeah i spoke to my friend and this is what they do and he tells me about his family i tell him about mine and i'm happy that they're surrounded by people like this because at the end of the day you know, when, when children understand other cultures, hopefully, you know, once they get older, then they'll, they'll be more accepting. Mm. And racism will hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> somehow <laughs> fade away, you know, right. because everyone respects everyone's belief, their culture and way of living. Right, right. You right. know, so I am happy that they have this opportunity. That's beautiful. That's well, well said. Um, now we're reaching the final segment. Unfortunately, I could talk to you forever, Michelle, because yeah. this is Russia. I'm have to make this a three-hour episode some other time. But <laughs> I have so many questions. But I only fit so much into an hour. All right. So last segment of the podcast is going to be lightning round questions, just one-word responses. You ready? Okay. Oh I, yeah. I'm I, need, ready. I need to get some theme music for this. I don't have any theme music for this segment, but I, I'll do that later. Dum, okay. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> some Jeopardy music. All right. Uh, question number one: What is your favorite 
phrase or word in Russian that you know? <laughs> my, f- oh my gosh. Spasiba? Spasiba, what's that? Yeah, it's thank you. Oh, I mean, spasiba. this is universal. You always say thank you. I mean, okay, for everything. Favorite yeah. Russian cuisine or dish? Oh, Serniki's. What is it? Serniki's. So they're like little pancakes, but they're made from uh, like cottage cheese. Interesting. They would you would call, yeah, but it's but they're they're raised and they're pancakes and they normally eat it with sour cream. I like it with jam and Nutella. <laughs> oh, and it's good. But I oh love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, favorite. Um, oh, you've been there five years. So I, favorite city. Moscow. Moscow. Okay. Favorite Moscow. Lo- mm-hmm. location outside of Moscow. Um, I would say Altai. Where's that this exactly? This is in the mountains. This is actually between, almost close to the the Asian border. So close to Mongolia, right above Kazakhstan. Hmm. So we went there for the first time during the um, winter time. It's really beautiful, all about nature. Apparently there are special spirits <laughs> mm. i'm not into that part of it but it's <laughs> it's 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 a nice getaway for sure on a scale of one to ten how expensive is russia to live i would say a seven seven okay uh, once a... you figure things out like a local mm. you can get your way around a lot of things scale like one to ten else. how cold does it get in russia <laughs> oh my gosh uh, can i say 20 <laughs> <laughs> listen have you ever experienced minus 30? No, minus I have 32? not. I have not. I have okay. Not. <laughs> yeah. And we have like the longest winter, like six months. Jeez, so Louise. it gets pretty yeah. cold here. Yeah. Minus 30 I've experienced All the right. coldest. Yeah. So it's cold as can be. Mr. Freeze lives in Russia. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we got those out the way. Now, final, final question. One minute on the clock or so. Um, you said a lot of amazing things about Russia. Um, clearly you like living there, which is amazing. What mindset do you feel one needs to, needs to have to not just like you met, we were talking about Russia, but to consider a place they might not have considered in the past, because I've interviewed people that have lived in Kazakhstan. I just interviewed someone that lived in Kuwait, right? These are not countries that just pop off the brain. We think of places to live. <laughs> so, so what do you think someone needs to kind of maybe change their mindset a little bit to consider a place they, that to live that they might or even travel that they might not have considered before. Okay, so before everything else, everything that you've ever heard or seen or you thought you saw, which is real, about that place you're interested in traveling to, which is a bit off the grid, we would call it because it's not on your bucket list. You need to put that to the back of your mind and you need to enter with an open mind to really, you know, understand and absorb everything that you will experience because you don't want to go in with a tainted mindset, you know, because that can totally depict how your experience will go. So if you go in negative and thinking everyone is racist, you can end up in situations and you're going to put it down to racism when it's actually not that, you know. So you have to go with the open mindset. You have to be open to the people. You know, step outside the box. Don't only mingle with the expats, but get to know the locals also because they are the ones who will show you 
the true city or the true country that you're traveling to. They are the ones who will show you around. You know, you can always stay with the expats, but that's living almost in a in a box. You know, but to really experience the country and understand it, reach out to locals. You know, meet have local friends or. You know, but you have to go with an open mind and an open heart. Love it. And when you go, you know, right? And once you go, you know. <laughs> awesome. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Michelle. I most definitely did. Um, the one thing that stood out, stood out to me, well, there were many, but one thing was that the story of when she went out to the rural area of Russia. And, you know, she met this, you know, this family and this little boy. And she said that she hopes that, you know, this family will, <laughs> that this experience and this exposure to her, you know, them seeing a black woman will hopefully humanize black and brown bodies, right? Because I think when, like, obviously, like Russia and any other country that's predominantly white, when you're not exposed to people that look different from you, or let, let's say Asia, right? When you're not exposed to people that look different from you, you're going to have these either preconceived notions or really exoticize um if that's even a word uh you know the people that are that you see and you know you take pictures you stare you know you touch their hair or whatever so i think um the only way for these for individuals that i feel and i think based on the conversations i've had with people that live in either you know in asia and anywhere else around the world that's predominantly white and they're either you know black or brown is the fact that you gotta you gotta go there um they're not gonna learn about you unless they see you and meet you and have conversations with you um it's not going to be through the media um and obviously we as we all know the media doesn't probably do the best representation of of uh <laughs> minorities and so that's the only way it's going to happen is if we expose ourselves to these countries that we might not consider going to like uh, michelle so eloquently put it um you know it wasn't our place to go and she decided to go because why not uh but yeah i hope you enjoyed that one if you like what you hear, please leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.